You have many whirring eyes, and strong, beautiful, coiled steel legs, and were made long ago when the city still stood. You walk the green places where soft brown people tend to fruit trees, and sing songs they don't understand. They pray, dispel the curse on our village, destroy the phantoms that plague us, teach us the song that makes the fruit grow. Happy people build shrines for you containing fuel and modules. Without the shrines, you will become a dangerous scavenging thief, a phantom. Tabletop Garden, Mechanical Oryx. Tabletop Garden, an actual play podcast where we collaborate on short, self-contained stories about interesting characters, and we do it with an agenda. With us today is Brendan. Hi, I'm Brendan. I am a professional science nerd and writer. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and you can find me online at bekern, K-E-R-N, writes.com. Hi, I'm Lucy. I am a teacher and a writer. My pronouns are she, her, hers. You can find me on Twitter at ZenLucyMarie, and I blog at intertextualities.wordpress.com. Hi, I'm Melissa. I'm a game developer and web developer. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and you can find me on Mastodon at MelissaAveryWeir at Mastodon.social. And Zoe. My name is Zoe. I work for a utility-scale solar construction company. I use feminine pronouns she and her, and you can find me on Instagram at feetbird. And I'm Gregory Avery Weir. I'm a game developer and your host. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and you can find me on Twitter at Gregory Weir or via email at gregory at tabletop.garden. Today we'll be playing Mechanical Oryx. It is the 2017 winner of the 200-word RPG challenge, and it is by Grant Howitt. For this pilot episode, we'll be focusing on the central agenda of the whole podcast, and that's to honestly portray diverse characters, pursue healthy play practices, and craft story with social responsibility. In future campaigns, we'll be adding specific agendas for each story. So I'm going to read the first half of the rules. You have many whirring eyes and strong, beautiful, coiled steel legs, and were made long ago when the city still stood. You spread one. Plants, light, music, warmth, power, knowledge, rust, something else. The longer you stay in one place, the more intense it gets. You have three installed modules. Tell us what they do. You walk the green places where soft brown people tend to fruit trees and sing songs they don't understand. They pray. Dispel the curse on our village. Destroy the phantoms that plague us. Teach us the song that makes the fruit grow. Happy people build shrines for you containing fuel and modules. Without the shrines, you will become a dangerous scavenging thief. A phantom. So, my first question for y'all. Are your characters literally oryxes? Are they mechanical antelopes with too many eyes? Or is that kind of more metaphorical? Hmm, hmm. Do we all need to pick the same thing, or can the answer be different individually? I think that even if not all of you are oryxes, one of you can still be an oryx, if that makes sense. I had to Google what an oryx was. They're pretty neat looking. Yeah, they're pretty neat. Pretty awesome. Yeah, they're cool. I think it would be nice to be a 
couple of different animals, including but not limited to Oryxes. There's a ton of very cool antelopes out there. Yeah, I do like the idea of being more of an animal. Okay, so you're all some sort of mechanical animal, maybe not specifically an oryx, but different things. Now, you were made long ago when the cities still stood. What kind of world is this where the cities don't stand? Is this a hard scrabble post-apocalyptic world? Is this kind of a peaceful solar punk world where... You've moved beyond the need for cities. Is this a weird future, the time machine world where like everyone has kind of forgotten and become so innocent they can't maintain society anymore? I'm always down with solar punk, <laughs> given my uh, chosen profession. But <laughs> what does solar punk look like? What is that? Give me a visual for that. Uh, imagine. So you know those building plans that are like one community all yep. in one building. So like apartments and businesses and stores and workplaces imagine that but like a greenhouse with solar panels it's sort of a a sustainability subversion of our concept of city that's cool it definitely felt very agrarian in the description lots of people you know like very uh, agriculturally focused so okay. i think solar punk totally works for that i'm down so yeah actually let me find the solar punk picture i am thinking of excellent because this will give you an idea of what i have in my mind i got a little bogged down in oryxes (laughs) (laughs) they are really cool i definitely want to be an oryx there's some very very good antelope species out there so that's the image i'm thinking of although of course in this case there aren't cities anymore so whatever whatever kind of technology is going on is it like hidden away to the people the people if the people don't understand the words of their own songs they probably don't understand how things work anymore maybe everything runs itself post-apocalyptic solar punk what can go wrong with solar oh 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 okay (laughs) don't ask that question so looking particularly at this picture what about a plant thing let's say overgrown or mutation or something where Everything keeps running itself because there's nothing wrong with it, but the places are not inhabitable anymore because they're full of plants that I like can't that. be cut back successfully. Mm. So life continues on. Everyone's doing just fine, but they can't access or understand yeah. stuff Yeah, anymore. they've been separated from these, these huge structures over there, and they're full of green and solar collection stuff, right? Like everything's working, but not available. I just read an article called um, Explainer Solar Punk or How to Be an Optimistic Radical, and um, it asks apocalypse or utopia. So I'm wondering if maybe they were going for utopia. I mean, maybe this is what it was supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this sounds like it's not a not an entirely unpleasant apocalypse. Yeah, I, I was imagining like lots of small villages scattered around maybe somewhat near the cities, but not using them the way they used to. Okay. So my third question is, so these these brown people sing songs they don't understand, they build shrines for you. How do they feel about you, your your creatures? Are, do they think of you as guardians, as gods? Uh, do they think of you as demons they're appeasing? Do they even know that the shrines are for you, or do they not connect your efforts with your physical forms 
Maybe it depends on what we're spreading. You know, they could have multiple shrines to different ones of us. But do you think they do understand that the shrines are to these big mechanical animals? I think so, because they're putting out things we need. So it would make sense that they had some idea what they were doing. Yeah, unless... Yeah, they might not understand their own, you know, their old songs, but there's no reason they wouldn't understand cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they know they put the stuff out, you show up, take the stuff, do stuff. Yeah. They understand that and kind of regard you generally as good, as as beneficial. Yeah. At least worth uh, worth keeping happy, it seems. That's true. Yeah, yeah keeping yeah, definitely. <laughs> you don't you you don't want us to turn into phantoms, and you know maybe you don't want to tick off the the one that spreads rust or something. And maybe they don't even really understand us. You know, just sort of like history that we look at, and we don't understand a lot of the artifacts that we find. Mm. I'm getting a strong Miyazaki vibe. Ever since I read the the story or the role-playing game rules it made me think of uh castle in the sky with the um yes tall rusty robot (laughs) men that are both friendly and destructive Mm -hmm. okay so do people have character concepts i've picked my antelope (laughs) are we all going antelopes or i don't know i am (laughs) but there are so many kinds though i mean there's little teeny delicate ones that climb on their hind legs to eat trees and then there's giant ones and it sounds like it's fine if we don't all go antelope but we might i would like to be some kind of bird seems fitting <laughs> yeah well i would recommend looking up a, a gerenuk g-e-r-e-n-u-k just on that page the giraffe gazelle they're yeah they're really wow good. i think i'm going with a kudu they have very good horns so zoe's thinking a bird antelopes hang out with birds a lot Brendan's thinking a kudu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am looking at a dwarf antelope. Uh, <laughs> the the height at the shoulder is about 20, 20 to twenty six inches. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just looked at the it's picture. Very small. It's adorable. Oh my goodness! So the uh, I think the oribi in particular is sufficiently cute so yes i am a tiny antelope tiny feet oh my there's pictures online of the babies about two feet tall very small lucy do you have a form in mind i am going with an oryx a classic oryx i guess probably an arabian or maybe the oryx gazella very good animal Ooh, that's gorgeous Mm -hmm. zoe do you have a specific bird in mind I think I would like to be some sort of large crane, Ooh, um, like some it. kind of water bird, because I think I would like to spread water. Or a stork. Okay, so then I think Zoe has the first few steps. So you're a big water bird. Are you the standard size for a water bird, or are you, like, huge? <laughs> Probably a bit, a bit bigger than a standard water bird. I think storks are pretty big. That might be, mm-hmm. you know, something, not like a condor, but... You know, not a little parakeet either. But you're like roughly human size or roughly or smaller than human. Um, a slightly smaller than human, just in, in okay. being, I don't know, most of it is leg, but maybe as tall as a human. Okay. Some cranes can get real yeah, big. Yeah, one of, a, a real big crane or stork. I like the long beak thing that storks have that cranes don't, but I also like the sort of crusty f- heads of cranes. So you spread water. Do you have installed modules in mind? 
I'm still thinking about that part. Okay. I'm not sure what the modules really mean. You've got a thing that you can do there, or you, you, you have things that the modules do. Other than that, they can be essentially anything you want. Mm-hmm. Are the modules the things that spread stuff? I don't think so. I think the spreading happens inherently to okay. you. Anyone else have concepts of what you spread or modules? I'd like to spread knowledge. <laughs> okay. The kudu spreads knowledge. Still thinking about the modules. I think... Okay. I spread plants in this post-apocalyptic plant overrun place. One of my modules forces a plant to flower or fruit, depending on whatever. One of my modules... Hmm. Well, thought I had three ideas. I don't. Where are you sitting, Lucy? My oryx spreads joy. Can it come out of my horns? You spread joy with your horns? Yes. Zoe's got a picture of a a gray water bird with a deep blood red streak across its face, but with with a little like gray cap on the top of its head and a gray beak. So what are people thinking about other modules? I think I would like to be able to change temperature of water because I know that if you like cold water expands and uh, or just the I guess a, a maybe a hot and a cold module, but I'm not sure about the uh, the third. So I could make rivers right. boil or <laughs> or freeze. <laughs> I think I'm going towards one that records, one that plays back, and one that simulates. By simulates, do you mean like fakes those recordings, or do you mean like holodeck? Holodeck. Okay. You know, kind of can can create a something for people to experience. Okay. Zoe's at this point just posting weird-looking water the birds. Toes. Yep, the toes on that thing. It's a very good bird. I mean, it's it has red knees. Red knees, red feet, a this... black and white plumage, some sort of scoopy well, thing at its nose, and those are more ankles than than knees. But that's just because bird legs are weird. Yes. And its face is red and black striped. Oh, it's a saddle-billed mm-hmm. stork. Yes. So it has a little yellow, uh, yellow bit over its beak, and its beak has multiple colors, like a like a toucan. Um, what? But it is mm-hmm. a. What the hell is that though on its face? The top thing. It's it's just a part of its beak, I guess. Part of its bill. It has a tiny Ugh. little waddle. Birds are weird. I love it. <laughs> Dinosaurs are weird. They are. They are. I suppose a a module for f- uh, filtering or purifying water would be neat too. Oh yeah, good idea. That that's my three hot. It's basically a uh, a an electric kettle with a <laughs> purification. Yeah, you're a faucet with a Brita on. Yeah, it. A good a good <laughs> camping <Exactly>. utility. <laughs> yes. Yep. I guess I should. I I asked Zoe, but I should ask the rest of you. Are you the same size as your oh, animals? Yes. <laughs> you, okay. you don't. You only in a different kind of game would you pick a dwarf antelope and then blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is just a regular antelope. That's not fun. If you keep fun. the dimensions the same, you get something uh, creepy, I think. Oh, yeah, that would be weird. Uh, let's see, how big is a kudu? I'm going to be uh, as big as a regular oryx. Which okay. I think is plenty I big. I think right? I have my modules, too. My idea for the modules, um, my joy modules, are one is going to be enthusiasm. Uh, like enthusiasm for doing something. 
And another is going to be like rapture. You could always, and I'm not sure what the third one's going to be yet. You could poof out some sort of uh, pheromone or um, yeah, something I like poof that. Poof out like, pheromones. Just yeah, <laughs> <The big laughs> farting oryx. Just <laughs> spraying pheromones. <laughs> Poofing. I prefer poofing. I'm poofing. Also known as pooting. <laughs> Just switch the F for no, T. No, boy. Poofing. Poofing. Now, I will say, nothing says that your modules have to be related to your mm -hmm. function. Because there, you can definitely install new modules. Mm. So, oh. if y'all are hurting, Melissa or Lucy are hurting for an, an additional module, that's something to consider. Is maybe something you picked up that wasn't originally designed for you. Oh, okay. Interesting. I mean, y'all can feel free to swap out yeah. them, too. So I think I'm. Uh, my Oryx is modeled on a greater kudu bull. Um, they stand five foot three at the shoulder and have horns that are up to 73.87 inches long. So they're big. Magnificent. So your horns are roughly three times as long as Melissa's is tall. <laughs> Yes. Lissa's whole critter is tall. Yes. Lissa's critter could ride on my back and I wouldn't notice. <laughs> I am, in fact, a small Australian shepherd and am wearing the guise of, of, an, of an antelope. Okay, I have three modules. One is forcing uh, plants to fruit or flower in my vicinity. Uh, the second... Damn it, now I'm thinking of Australian shepherds. The second <laughs> can leach nutrients out of the soil around me it can be a sort of applied wherever i am and the third is an incredibly high intensity high uv light like Ooh. heavily into the uv spectrum nice because i am thinking of how to destroy phantoms and how to make plants grow sort of badly not necessarily mm -hmm. great but yes how to fry plants and <laughs> okay so I'm going to take that direction um, of my modules. I'm going to have to still the poofing out module, which is going to be about rapture. But then I'm also going to have a module that's kind of like a propeller so I can fly. Okay. Is it like a helicopter or yes. like... Okay. I picked that up from some some other thing because I don't think I should have had it. <laughs> and then... All right. I'm going to have a third module for reverberation that basically makes a huge calamitous noise um, out of my hooves. I can do that with my hooves. Cacophony hooves. Yeah. All right. So we've got Brendan has a kudu that spreads knowledge, can record, playback, and simulate. Mm -hmm. Lucy has an Arabian oryx that spreads joy, has a helicopter rotor, a can poof out rapture and has hooves that make cacophony. Melissa has an oribi, which is tiny. It spreads plants and it can make flower, uh, plants flower or fruit. It can leach and deposit nutrients from the soil and it has a high intensity, high UV light. Zoe is playing a crane that spreads water and has a heating unit, a cooling unit, and a purification. You really are <laughs> a kettle. <laughs> I am. A, I'm a yeah Brita filter on a on a sink. That's great. <laughs> well, 
except with the ability to boil rivers. So, you know. You're a real good Brita filter. <laughs> really good. <laughs> so, the area that this is going to take place in, one of the big population centers is a place called the Dome. And it's this, um, this hollow in the ground. It's like, like most other things, just overgrown with these plants that are, have been engineered in some way. And a lot of the brown people live there. There's a large group of them hanging out. They have structures. They have kind of a, a shanty town of sorts built in this big, huge depression in the ground. Hundreds and hundreds of people living in this village, in this, in this bowl. Brendan, you have spent mm -hmm. time in the north of this to the north of this area um it might be your okay. territory or it might be a place you visited what is that place like that place is more unpopulated kind of a it's big open grassland kind of place and i've been kind of wandering around looking for villages to visit and spread knowledge all right lucy you have spent time east of the dome what's that area like that area is overgrown uh, with plants and vegetation uh, so it's very difficult to navigate but I have a shrine that I am inclined toward that is in the sort of center of an overgrown area and I hang out there a lot. All right Alyssa you have spent time south of the dome what's that place like? Far south is really cold. It's cold and there's not a lot of vegetation. Something's wrong with the area. And so I've been trying to force it to be as delightfully overgrown as the rest of the places I go. But for one thing, it's not a place appropriate to having a lot of vegetation, but I'm forcing it anyway. Doing everything I can to put nutrients in the soil. Sort of fighting an uphill battle, right? And the plants growing there are not going to do well even you know within a few years of me leaving it will revert back to being a pretty solid tundra so i'll take that that sort of futile effort on for a while and then and then head north once i get tired of that or bored either way and zoe what is what are things like to the west of the dome sort of flat and marshy not a lot of trees or anything like that um maybe uh, there's probably some some other non-mechanical wildlife um, that inhabits out there, but it is, I would imagine, maybe like a, a brackish marsh, maybe, where you could definitely go out and fish, but it's kind of buggy and gross. And uh, But there are probably a shrine or two nearby, since you can go out there and fish. And... I guess I probably spend a lot of time working with the, the wetland area to help purify the water that feeds into, I don't know, whatever water source that the city or that the dome has. All right. So I think that we will get started. I'll read the rules parts, the, the close mechanics. When you act and the outcome is in doubt, roll 2d6 and spend fuel. If you get seven or more, you achieve your aims. If you roll a double, your solution causes an unexpected problem, and something is lost forever. When you act with love, roll 1d4 plus 1d6. When you act with hate, roll 3d6. You have 10 fuel. When you have none, you stop. When you use a module, replace 1d6 with a d8. 
If it shows 8, the module breaks. So what this means is you are less effective when you act through love and more effective when you act through hate. Modules can help, but have the risk of breaking when you use them. So if you roll a double, you get the unexpected outcome. Mm -hmm. If you're rolling 3d6, is, do you have to get three of the same, or is it anytime you get two of the same, I think, you still... I think I'm going to say anytime get you get two of the same. So it means acting okay. with hate cool. also makes it more likely that something more will be lost forever. More likely that something's going to... Okay, cool. Just want to be clear on that one. So, I think that we will go around and do the incidents that first that somehow led you to the dome where we're going to have you encounter each other. I'm not sure if you know each other or not. Do you ha Oh, I guess big thing, do you have names? Hmm. I'm going to say some oryxes, some of these creatures have at least been given names by the people, but I don't know if that's the case for you or if you have names of your own. Hmm. We could have different names amongst ourselves than what the people would call us. True. I think the people call me whatever their word for teacher is in their local dialect. So I don't have a universal name among the humans. I'm not sure what it would be among the other mechanical beasts, though. Okay. I'm reading different names for red-crowned cranes in different languages, um, but it looks like I I might I might be named Tancho. Lucy, you would be a good person to ask this question. Okay. I'm looking for a word. What's a label for a colonizer? Different than oppressor. Something that suggests terror. Hmm. Conquistador? That sort of connotation. Yeah. Imperialist? Hmm. That's probably not a word these folks would know. Okay, I'll keep thinking. Well, they don't necessarily understand the words they use. Oh. Okay. My name is Overrun. Oh, that's good. I think my, uh, my name among the other mechanical beings is Tragos. D-R-A-G-O-S. It's Greek for he-goat. All right. Well, it's, it's what the uh, the genus name is, is based on. Ah. Tregelophus is the kudu cool. genus. So Tragos is what it's based on. My oryx is called Trial. Trial. I think that's, that's why I asked them to call me teacher, is because so many people hear male goat and make assumptions. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and what, what kind of assumptions? <laughs> Never mind. I, I can think of any number of bad assumptions that people would make. So, Tragos, mm -hmm. you are doing your rounds uh, in among these these kind of little villages um, that are out in this this open grassland, and usually very little happens out here. People have enough to eat. There's very little change from day to day or village to village mm -hmm. but today you walk into a village and there is something you haven't seen in a very long time which is blood a person is lying there bleeding with clearly a a wound in its side that would be caused by a weapon or or something but but it's a single it's a single wound caused by something sharp the person isn't moving, and the other villagers are kind of standing around looking awkward. They clearly don't know what to do, Okay. They, and don't understand what's going on. Okay. Um, and they, they look up at you and they say, Teacher, what is happening? They won't get up. Uh, they have been gravely injured. 
you must care for them. And I'm going to use one use my uh, playback module to uh, try to give them some first aid knowledge, how to stop the bleeding and. All right. Is this out of love? Yes. Okay. So roll me one d four plus one d eight because you're using a module. There you go. I got a nine. All right. So you play back this this first aid knowledge, and they listen closely. They're, they they know to pay attention when you provide knowledge, and they imitate the people in the in the playback. They kind of have to ask you to pause while they figure out things that they can use in place of these weird white cloths. But eventually, they get the wound bandaged, uh, and the person is stable. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I guess I'll uh, I'll ask them. How did this come to happen? They came from the south. They already were hurt. It was like, sometimes we fall out of trees and get hurt, mm-hmm. but we've never seen hurt like this. Yes, this is this is hurt that was done to them. We should find out how this happened, because it would be might be dangerous to someone else. Well, they might be able to talk. They seem like they're sleeping right now. Okay, we should uh, keep them warm, and when they wake up, please let me know. Okay, and are you going to wait until they wake up? I think in the meantime, I'll do my normal rounds of checking on the knowledge base of the the town, helping you know teach whatever it is they're short on. All right. So before long, they wake up, and the villagers come running, and they say, "Teacher, they're awake." Okay, I'll go see them. So they're they're clearly shaky, sweat on their forehead. They're not really sitting up. They've gotten been given like a a, a mat to lie on, mm-hmm. and they. They look up and they say, teacher, what happened? That's what I was hoping to ask you. Who did this to you? It, it must have been a phantom. Oh, no. It was, it was dark, but I was coming from the dome and I saw a shape in the darkness and uh, it hurt. And I made it here. How far away were you when this happened? Uh, I, I thought I was further. So you got here faster than you expected? I, I don't know how I got here all this way when I was hurting so much. Mm-hmm. And you said this was at night? Yes. So, uh, out of character, what time is it now? Midday. I'm going to ask the bystanders when the person arrived. Um, they say, this morning. This morning. We, we found okay. them when, when the sun rose. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give them the folks instructions on how to keep taking care of this person, and uh, I'm going to start heading in the direction that person came from to see if I can find where it happened, maybe pick up a blood trail or something. All right. Lucy, you're hanging out in your shrine and probably got pretty decent senses, right? Yes. So you've kind of been hearing a brown person make their way through the undergrowth, kind of through this natural hedge maze that surrounds your shrine. And finally, they emerge after after a while uh, into this clearing and they drop to their knees and they say trial please someone is taking from us we we don't have time to gather enough food people are getting hungry our food is going away welcome supplicant If this is happening to you, then it sounds as though you have been judged unworthy. That is why your people are starving. Can you help us be worthy? 
I shall consider it. In what ways have you attempted to uh, meet your own needs before you came here? We we tried taking the uh, vines and wrapping them and tying them on the the enclosure. But when we come in the morning, it's been opened, like someone was able to to break the vines. I see. I shall attempt to assist you in understanding your struggles. However, if you are judged unworthy, then you will starve. Please, please help us be worthy. We we need we need to eat. Show me to your people. I will go with them. They kind of start following that circuitous path out. Are you f- walking behind? Yeah, I'll walk behind them. Okay. And they lead you in the direction of the dome. I walk really majestically. Okay. <laughs> Overrun. It's me. So you've been working really hard to get these plants mm. working. People have started coming from the north in groups. And when you kind of return in your rounds to check on the stuff you've planted, they're pulling it up and like putting it in baskets. They're killing the plants that you've planted. Oh. As far as you can tell, they're they're coming from the north, killing the plants, and taking the plants back with them. Hmm. I'll, uh, I'll sort of trot up to one of the groups if they don't immediately run away. Hey! They kind of step back in fear and then, and they say, do these people know of you? Um, probably. Probably. Yeah. Maybe not in the best of light, right? But Yeah. They kind of look at each other nervously, and, and one of them um, that has uh, a whole lot of hair on, on their face says, Thank you for putting... Thank you for making these plants for us. You are certainly welcome. I didn't do it for you. Why do you come here to take these plants? This is where plants are. This is where plants are that people won't stop us from taking. I can give you plants... Can I go with you and give you plants? Let's go. I want to give you some plants. <laughs> um, give me... Are you approaching them with love? With hate? Neutrally? Um, oof. With hate. Alright, give me a 3d6. Alright. They sort of look nervous, but they say it's right this way. Will you be giving us enough that we can eat? Oh, I will give you plenty. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Overrun. I will trot along, just like, who's the the donkey from Shrek? Like, I will just... (laughs) Donkey? right. Yes, donkey. Donkey. I'll just trot along, perfectly happily, making some plants happen around me as we go. And and one of the others says to the bearded one, I told you it wasn't a phantom. Oh, a phantom? The bearded one, like, looks at them, trying to hush them, and says, Some people are confused and thought you were a phantom. But now we see that's not true. Oh, that's a silly mistake. All I like to do is make things grow. And, you know, shine some light when needed. Do you do you need light? Uh, not right now, but thank you. Absolutely. So they lead you north. Tancho, you've been creating this water, guiding this marshland's water flow, and something strange has happened. The water level's rising. Mm. From somewhere to the east, 
the water has stopped flowing, and so the water's backing up. Oh, I should probably go investigate it, since uh, I, I think that it is not possible for me to stop spreading water. And the marshland gives it somewhere to go. So are you just yeah, I'm, following, uh, following the... to see, to try and find where the water has stopped flowing, if it's been dammed or, or if someone's tried to drain the swamp. As you all, you're navigating these just sort of green hillocks that used to be something else, going in between little mountains, and you kind of get to a rise, and you can see below you the, the dome. Um, each of you is approaching from a different direction, and I guess Tancho is the first to get an immediate answer to their conundrum. The stream or river that's passing by has been dammed and diverted, and it splits in two directions and goes around the dome mm. like a moat. So the dome is now kind of an island, and the river kind of joins again at the at the other end. But that diversion and whatever they're doing to dam it has made the, the water build up. Overrun, you kind of see this dome, and the, the people that, that are leading you take you to a village that's on the other side of the, of the water from the dome. You can tell that there's plenty of food in the dome area. Like, you can see food plants in there. But this village is kind of in a crappier more bare area and so they don't have much many plants that it looks like they can eat trial you see this dome and this person leads you to the moat and walks across a very very rudimentary wooden bridge that looks like it can be pulled out of the way and they're like people standing on either side of it and they've got sticks that have glass shards tied to them are they like and weapons kind of or, or what are they doing? Yeah, they're, they're spears mm -hmm. with points made from broken glass. And they're not threatening you or anything. They're just kind of standing to either side. And this person leads you in and, and leads you towards where they keep the food stores. And then Tragos, you have been following this path back. And you find uh, along the way this spot where there's this, this patch of blood. Mm -hmm. There's a path of crushed grass that goes from near that spot to near the village that looks like maybe something's been dragged like a body or some animal has trampled the grass or something and okay. the trail on the other direction seems to come from the south you can't exactly tell immediately where the injured person where the victim was coming from but uh -huh. when they were near the dome is when they were attacked and the path leads north to that village where you found them, that, that trampled path. It looks like whatever attacked them met them here, and then okay. something moved them. Someone or something moved them from oh, the spot where they were attacked the village. to the village, okay. yeah, or near the village. Cool. And do you see each other, the four of you? Yes. Yes? You all see each um, other? Are we coming from different directions though yeah but you're all so, kind of you all had the opportunity to, to sort of emerge onto this rise that goes over this open ground where the ah, dome is i'm probably approaching okay. from the air cool. since i can right. probably fly so i definitely see everybody yeah i think especially with the little tiny one not being in <laughs> high grass or anything i think we probably see each other all right so most of you are very visible i assume that uh that overruns probably bouncing around enough that you can clearly see its movement yeah I'm imagining like hyperactive baby goat <laughs> spraying That's fair. all over Excellent. the place. <laughs> a little sinister twi twist on that. You got it. I mean, not the baby goats are yep. <laughs> problematic. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a little they're sinister. Eyes. They got the eyes. 
eat everything. Trial takes you all in, but um, it's still going to take a look at this food storage situation. Let's take a quick break before then okay. and chat about some out-of-character stuff. So we have this agenda. We've got three items. Honestly, portray diverse characters, pursue healthy play practices, craft story with social responsibility. What I've written up for the first one, honestly portray diverse characters. We'll portray flawed characters with a variety of backgrounds, identities, and perspectives in a way that is honest to them as people. We're willing to play characters different from ourselves because every character is different from ourselves. We'll only play characters when we're confident we can do them justice. So. I think that it's more obvious how a value like that works when you're in a kind of a relatively close to real world setting or a historical setting. What's that look like if you're in an, a more off the wall setting like this one? Like you're not playing humans. Right. I think we all have very fundamentally different views of the world, though. What, what's important and what our role is. Yeah, it's a diversity of viewpoints, I guess. Um, well, and I think it also means like bringing some complexity to your understanding of the character. Like you're not just playing sort of a stereotyped idea but you have like you're thinking about the motivations of this person and why they're doing what they're doing i like how many of your characters who would initially seem you would assume would have one personality have a different one so like this this character who spreads joy is pretty <laughs> ruthless this this character who overrun makes plants but so far seems Hey, that's a kind of a scary thing in this world. And then also seems a little vengeful. <laughs> well, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> that's ominous. <laughs> I like my cryptic characters. As long as I don't just sit in a cryptic huddle, right? Like, make it interesting. So what do you all think about how universal is this principle? Like, I often hear people saying, like, I don't want to play a character that's had a, like, for example... Many people are very hesitant to play marginalized people, that they're not members of the group. It certainly makes sense why you wouldn't, like, as a white person, want to play a black person, say. Not because, you know, that's gross, but because it pulls in things of blackface, it pulls in questions of, can I represent the things that make this person have this identity when I don't have that personal experience myself? I think it dep depends on the thing, right? Um, yeah. So in a, in a human in a human character or humanoid character space i think it's incumbent on the player to not do their research like come up with a list of i don't know lists of anything that are traits about marginalized people to not go well <laughs> but under <laughs> yeah yeah but understanding the extent of their own limitations including where they're not limited so like i have a hard time imagining that people who aren't black cannot conjure fear of police right like, mm -hmm. there are weapons, right? Like, the, like these sorts of things, while the persistence of it and the acuteness of it might be different due to cultural and lived experiences, it's not outside of the bounds that that could be an aspect of a, of a character played by a white person. As far as mechanical oryxes go, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would, I think it would feel weird to pick a thing, to be like, oh, we need to be diverse, then I'll be the latino animal. like whatever the <laughs> hell that is right mm -hmm. like don't just like slap traits on things yeah i think you also have to think in terms of empathy you have to understand that the character is different from you 
And when you're trying to represent experience, think in terms of some of those common experiences. Like Melissa was saying, like the fear of police, even if someone is coming from a background where they don't have a fear of police per se, they have to be empathetic to understand why this character would and draw from their own experience of things they're afraid of to be able to play that with some authenticity. Straight individuals could play a queer character because they do under they know what it is to love. They can pull on their own experience and look how that's similar to this character that mm-hmm. has some differences. Kind of lean, lean on the things that are common human experience. Again, doesn't apply to mechanical oryxes, but it's kind of similar to the debate that goes on in the writing community about how do you write a character who's not like you. Mm-hmm. So how do you handle the risk that you'll do it wrong? Like that you'll end up playing a stereotype or minimize something you don't understand? You got to listen and run it by people. Like if you're if you're writing, having somebody read your piece that's from that group to like, hey, did I completely screw this up? But what if you know, they might... <laughs> what if you're in like just a normal tabletop role-playing game like yeah. you've got four friends that you know you're and you decide to play a character who is let's say a group that none of you are a member of i don't think that most people do that extensive research for their dungeons and dragons character no no um but, but again you, you being willing to listen and you know if there's if somebody brings up a critique or mentioned something to not take it as a critique against you as a human but on, as far as okay, maybe I made a mistake with how I did this character. Be willing to adjust. Yeah, so that's after the fact. That's after you've done the thing. Yeah. Is the, So, like, in this case, we spun these characters up from whole cloth, right? How do we mm-hmm. how do we keep the ability to create on the fly while also trying to mitigate harm from our character development choices? So I definitely think that, um, that narrative and storytelling is how we create knowledge. Uh, I come from an English and literature background. So I think this is one of the ways that we as human beings create understanding is through telling stories. So I think that part of it is thinking about the kind of knowledge that we're creating through the story that we're telling. And I think, I mean, I think maybe part of that is this kind of meta conversation that happens alongside the stories that are being told. But I think it's important to try to think about diverse characters and experiences, because if we're only constructing one kind of knowledge and one kind of understanding, then that's going to be way too limited. Yeah, I like that. That will tie in, I think, to our later discussion of crafting story with social responsibility. But now I think that we should return to the dome where your creatures have spotted each other. I think it's worth noting all of us are probably down to fuel nine. I think if if you've made a roll, you're down to fuel nine yes you're right so, oh yeah yep you spell you spend yep. a fuel when you roll thank you i think maybe zoe i have not rolled i i have also not rolled because in, in, in both of their cases it, it was not in question whether the supplicant would lead it to to the dome or finding mm-hmm. where the water was coming from or not not mm-hmm. going to i guess so you've all come to this dome not not this dome the dome because there's not a dome here. If you have been here before, this is not how it looked. 
the villages are much the same, the settlement in the dome, and the fact that there's villages around it. But this moat is new, and these people with weapons guarding the entrances, those are new. I think that Trial had a, an outstanding thing that it was doing. So the person leads Trial to the, the food stores, mm-hmm. and there's this bamboo cage that's been tied together with vines and tied around it's it's real big like it's a, it's it's almost a pen it's got a, a roof on it you can see that the entrance has been lashed tight with with vines and there are people standing on guard with those glass spears outside and you can see just piles of food and baskets and and everything else just locked up and uh, the person says there here's here's where we're keeping the food we've stood on guard but whoever's taking it seems to be able to sneak in. The guards don't see anything, or they just see a dark shape. All right. Well, I suppose it is possible that you are simply unworthy. However, in order to evaluate the circumstances, I will pay attention and keep watch to determine what is happening here and see that you are judged appropriately. Thank you, Trial. You are welcome. So what are the rest of you doing? So we did we establish that we know each other? I don't know. Do you know each other? I've probably seen some of you around because I, I imagine I go for a little a little fly every once in a while, but I don't think I've probably talked to any of you before. How few of us are there? Because it could be that, like, you know, we just do our own thing and know who each other are, but don't have to really interact much over the decades, whatever. Or we there might be a ton of us and we're just uh, each of us is of some category right hmm what do y'all think kind of got the got the feel that we're not super common yeah but not like a once in a lifetime occurrence for the people because otherwise they wouldn't have the shrines and all right. that i think my character would definitely know of you guys and have correct just because my thing is knowledge i would have been doing my best to learn who who everybody is and who's out there even if i haven't met you personally trial does not get out very much but if you've come over to the east then you have probably met them ah okay i would say overrun travels a lot they happen to be in the south for a while because that seemed like a spot that was fun to play in and fun to ruin but <laughs> not <laughs> but they get around aimlessly they get bored so we could have bumped into each other. Sure, so we, we know each other. Have much patience. Yeah, I've probably seen all you guys around, but I, um, I doubt that I would have interacted. I probably drizzle while I fly, so oh god, we might get a little rained on. Um, We've all been spit on. Yeah, by, basically. By... <laughs> hey, you might have gotten poofed in return. So. And how mecha- how mechanical are we? Do we like short out? Is this a problem? I mean, you live outside. There's gonna be weather. Well, yeah, but there's weather and there's you know oryx water. It's just water. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> Should have picked spring of rust. I think I'm hermetically sealed. Oh God. <laughs> well, except for your vents. Your poofing vents. Well, yeah. Then they pop open for your and there's poofing. Yeah. Pooting. Poofing. So I'll trot right in uh oh hello you're trotting into into the dome proper yeah are you hopping over the the moat or are you swimming uh 
I'll go for a jump. Okay. With my right. short, stubby legs. So the guards kind of shout as you jump with your beautiful coiled steel legs. Mm-hmm. They try to rush over. Uh, are you? Do you give them the slip, or do you just let them chase you along? I'll let them chase me. <laughs> okay, so they're kind of chasing. Be like, hey, what? What is that? Is that? Is that something's coming in? And you've so you've left the the villagers that led you here behind. Yeah, because they're outside of the boat. Yeah, and don't seem to be from this village. They they're from an outside village. So trial hears the shouting of folks being confused, and then. Overrun rushes into this to the square where the where the food store is, and a few other brown people run in and stop as soon as they see trial because they probably recognize it. Let me know if I'm using the wrong pro. I think Overrun is a he. Is that correct? You know, I didn't come up with one. I want horns. Okay. I also give very little of a shit about genetics and chromosomes. So, especially since you probably don't have any horns no genetics oh <laughs> yes exactly uh, all of the above <laughs> I do want horns. so i'll use it trial uh inclines its majestic head toward overrun and uh says i see that you continue to exhibit no moral failings as I... you are quite prosperous yeah i forget how oh, big no. you are sometimes boy wow you're big hmm what's the deal here We'll leave aside any discussion of moral failings. Well, it seems that these supplicants are perhaps unworthy to continue in this area, so I am endeavoring to discover the root of their problems. Ha ha ha. Root. Plants. Cause... Anyway, so what's the problem? It's like... The problem is they are hungry. Oh, well, I can solve that. This is perhaps evidence of their moral failings. We shall see. Oh boy. Wow. Huh. I forgot why we don't talk much. And now I remember. Hmm. Can we talk about this? Hmm. Perhaps you should make yeah, a note of it. Moral failings thing. So they just. Y'all just need plants, right? I can make plants. You want some plants? They kind of look around, and probably the, the person who led, led trial here says, uh,. Yes, yes, please. With food, we grow things here, but with the food that's been taken, we don't know if we're going to have enough. There are a lot of us here. Hmm. Okay, where do I see? Are there fields outside that I passed that we saw? Or is there? Or is there, are they growing like greenhouses in this in this quote unquote dome? I think that that there are probably some stands of trees and and vines and so on growing kind of in among the structures here. This place is entirely open to the air. Mm-hmm. You can see that there are tunnels down among the the structures um, that seem to go into the ground, but the stuff clearly is being grown up on top in in among the the surface structures. It's unclear whether these are deliberate crops or just kind of wild <laughs> things they've been taking care of. Yeah. Well, sounds like we have two problems, right? We have a dirty, filthy thief. Really, really only the one, but there's okay. The, there's the immediate need for food, and then there's who's stealing their food. Certainly. Which is not due to moral failings. It's something taking their food. Well, I think, as you may recall... The circumstances that one finds oneself in is evidence of one's uh, moral upstanding or downstanding nature, as you know, Overrun. I wander away mid-sentence while they're talking, and uh, 
I'll, I'll keep nodding. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll, uh, I'll sort of stand near some of those trees, the little, little stands of, of orchards or whatever they're doing. And I'll see if I can make them fruit, force them to produce fruit. All right. This is actually going to be an act of love. I don't know if I need to say this, but I'm just keeping an eye out for somebody thieving out of the food containment area. Okay. You don't immediately see it. They they said that it tends to happen at night. Yeah. But you're you're keeping watch. Yeah, I'm fine just chilling here. I just wanted it said that that's okay. what I'm doing. So overrun uh, heads on over the trees, and what what does it look like when you use your module? So it goes through the tree. It kind of sits next to it and kind of hooves at the ground a little bit not like a digging but just like a hey it's the ground let's establish you know sort of it's right there tap 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 yeah kind of like what's the state of this then overall it'll get up and maybe kind of circle the tree a little bit and again still like nodding pretending that they give at all any dams about this cause and effect that trial is setting up here and then out of one of its hooves quailing in the same pattern of the coiled legs, right, will be something that drives down into the soil. And then there's nothing spectacular that happens. It's just prongs of something went into the soil. And Overin sits for a moment, a long moment, and then seems like unusually serious in that moment, as opposed to their normal demeanor. I guess I am going for they pronouns. I I don't know that I (laughs) can consistently use it pronouns, so we're going to go with they. And then they retract their their prongs and then hop right back up and are like okay hmm yep moral failings yes so we're looking for a thief now so you did succeed yep so wait if you use a module and it shows eight it's if the die shows eight. Oh, if the die shows yeah. eight so make sure you've marked your fuel don't be trying to break my shit <laughs> i'm not i'm not i was just trying to understand the rules so yes. so behind you kind of as you're returning towards trial <laughs> There's this creaking noise and this rustling of leaves and blossoms bulge and almost burst open. The the normally when a when a fruit grows, right, the the blossom has time to die, but in this case, mm-hmm. it's just emerging from the ovary of this. So petals are getting scattered into the air and drifting down from this tree as flowers out of season are forming and then bursting open with fruit. These big grocery store Walmart ass fruits <laughs> form these these big <laughs> shiny red, red apples. <laughs> yeah, the trees are just dripping with with pears and things that look very pretty. And the folks who are just kind of tending to it like look look on in awe and say thank you, thank you, thank you, and start collecting stuff. Excellent. Well, part of the problem solved. I can wander around maybe later and take care of some more places, but uh, you can have a nice pie for the evening. Uh, fruit, All the fruits <laughs> in your pie. So, yeah. Next step. I'm bored already. Let's go. How nice. Things are seeming much more worthy around here already. Oh, I alone can bring up the moral standing of this uh, community. Me, of all people. I cannot speak to that, but it does seem that uh, these people are more worthy now than they were before all right so what have teacher and tancho tragos and tancho i'm sorry tragos is your real name 
What have they been doing? <laughs> yes. Are the fruit trees near where this river has been diverted or are they slightly further off? I, I would guess I'm sort of perched on a high place assessing the situation before I engage with any people or any of the other constructs around. But if the fruit trees are nearby, I probably would have landed in one of them and witnessed this whole thing happening yeah, around. They are, um, they're in the dome proper, so they're in this, this town. Okay. So they are pretty near the diversion, like the divert the the water splits around the dome to form this pseudo natural gotcha. barrier around it. So yeah, you totally could have landed in those trees and and seen the bursts of fruit forming. There's like people around and stuff that I mm-hmm. could talk to right about what's what's going on with the river, but they're probably all sidetracked now uh, because of the fruit situation. Um, so I suppose I'm I'm poking around the riverbanks and and looking for someone who who seems to not be busy picking fruit, but also might maybe are there any like old timers uh, sitting around? Maybe sure, uh, definitely the probably some people fishing. Unless is this a, is this a, a vegan world now? Maybe <laughs> for the next week, oh, possibly. <laughs> yeah, a very regular world for the next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What is Tragos up to? Tragos is going to try... So there, there's one of those bridges with the guards on the side that Tragos is coming from? Yeah, there's there's maybe four bridges total. Okay, so I guess I'll go up to the bridge and stop just outside, and I'll ask the guards who was keeping watch last night. Do they know about you here? Um, I would guess that I, I come through because I kind of wander around teaching in various towns, so I definitely would have stopped by here before. Okay, and Tancho... Do they know about you here? Um, Other than just, that's the bird that drops the water? I don't think so. I don't think that I interact a whole lot with anyone. Maybe um, maybe just fishermen would know about me if they come out into the um, river that goes through the marsh. Okay. The fisher person kind of looks up at you as you land and kind of makes a weird gesture and sings, Alouette, gentle alouette. Alouette, gentle fumeur. <laughs> In an almost reverent way. Watch your head feathers. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna sh- sh- shake off a little bit and uh, do a little bird-like bow and ask a, the the river is is wrong. What what have they done to it? Across the river, you can see this kudu that you've seen from afar. Oh my! It's talking to one of the guards there, and the guard says, "Uh, I think it was Trace. Uh, they're they're on the northeast bridge now." I will need to speak with them. Okay, they're on the Northeast Bridge now. Can they be brought here? Uh, okay. Or could you bring me to them? I would prefer not to have to circumnavigate the entire town. Okay, and the the guard walks with you to the kind of the next bridge over. Okay. And Tantra, you can see it being led away from you. Mm. The old timer says, uh, well, we needed to move the water so that uh, we could keep out the folks that are stealing our uh, stealing our fruit. Water cannot simply be moved with no side effects. Do you know what is happening in the marshlands? Do you not venture out into the marshlands to fish and to bring food back? What about that food? Well, that food's here now. The fish came with the water. This is this is not <laughs> <laughs> this is not the way of the river. <laughs> the river flows. I sort of gesture with my wing to the way it's supposed to go. I, I, I do not understand. Why is there not enough food? There is this small this this small horned thing making 
fruits left and right, and yet you have no food? What what have you what have you done? Oh no, Overrun is here. Do, 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 do. The, the the small the small goat the small that this you have to get them out of this here. This scampering thing. What, what why what this. Not my they say they're the ones that ended it. They say that they're the ones that made the cities fall. That the little goat made a city fall? I, I do not believe that. It's a lot of responsibility. That's what they always say, all the old people. You're an old person. No, the people who were old when I was young. Oh, well, where are they? Can we speak to them? You you said they were here. You, no, where, don't you know where they where, are? No, I meant where are the, where are the old people. <laughs> The older people. Oh, they're dead. When you get too old, you die. When you get too old, you die. I'm still here. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I forgot myself. <laughs> so this guard leads you to the other bridge and says, uh, "Trace, uh, teacher wanted me to bring it to you." And Trace kind of looks up and is like, "Oh, uh, hello." Uh, hello. I am in need of some information. Oh, okay. Uh, you were on guard last night? Yes. I need to know... Someone was attacked just in that direction. I'll gesture with my head. Oh, no. And it appears that they they were gravely injured, and I am trying to determine what happened. They weren't trying to steal food, were they? I don't believe so. They did not mention that. But they were quite badly injured, and which makes it appear that something quite dangerous is occurring. Maybe, maybe someone thought that they were from here and attacked them in order to take food from them they did not mention having food taken from them there's less and less to eat around here the person could have been confused maybe they didn't have food but the person that attacked them thought they did everyone's trying to take our food but why would stabbing somebody help that well humans do not eat other humans i mean i don't know maybe maybe they stabbed first and then figured out that they were wrong it's probably easier to take something from someone if you hurt them that's why we've got things to hurt people back we made them yes i i i saw we found sharp things in the tunnels. That was not something I taught you. I am concerned that this knowledge has re-entered the world. We figured it out. You taught us how to learn. You taught us how to figure things out. Thank you. You're helping us protect ourselves and protect our food and keep the other people from taking it. Well, in this case, someone was hurt who appeared not to have done anything wrong, and then they were dragged. Right, we need to find who did this and hurt them. Yeah, uh, mm... Let, let's learn more first, as I've taught you. You should learn and then act. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll wait for you to teach us before we go and try and stop them. That's not... <laughs> if Dragos had, had uh, opposable thumbs, they would be grabbing the bridge of their nose right now. With a... <sighs> let's, let's see if you can convince this person. Okay. Are you acting with a certain emotion? I think uh, I, exasperation isn't on the list, so we're going to say no. Okay. So that's just slash 2d6? Yep. Okay. All right. Make sure to mark fuel. You're down to eight now or nine? Eight. Okay. Trace says, okay, yes, we will. What you, you always say, wait to choose a conclusion until we have all of the... Um, Data? Yes. 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 Let us okay. know. You should never act in ignorance. Yes. As soon as we figure out what data is, we will... It's information. Knowledge. Yes. The data will give us knowledge. Good. We will look for it. <sighs> this is why teacher has worrying eyes. <laughs> this is where they sigh from. <laughs> Next time on Tabletop Garden. Where cities are, there are often voids in the earth. Hey, what's under the town? One of the guards kind of looks up and says, oh, tunnels? It's where we get the glass. 
and we will give you the gift of knowledge that you've given us. Uh, and they kind of look at each other and start heading on the bridge out of town carrying spears. Oh no. Pardon me. I'm going to have to ask you to pause for a moment. Trial is now in session. Mechanical Oryx was written by Grant Howitt and was a winner of the 2017 200-word RPG challenge. For more by Grant Howitt, visit rowanrookanddecard.com. Tabletop Garden was created by Gregory Avery Weir. The music for this campaign is Amphibian Circuits by Dirtwire. Available under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. For more Tabletop Garden and to find out how to follow us, visit tabletop.garden. Check out the other podcasts created by people who participated in this campaign. Ludus Novus, Audacious Compassion, The Future Proof Podcast, and Exo 101, Introduction to Exobiology. Biology.